You're listening to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast, the place for the kick-ass woman who needs a kick in the ass. Your host, Jen Rosenbaum, is giving you the tools to shed shame and live the biggest life possible. So kick off your heels, get comfy, and get ready to be the boss of your life. Hey guys, what's up? I am Jen Rosenbaum and welcome to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast. I am here today with my gorgeous, beautiful, successful, happy, smiling co-host Lauren Transom. Hi Lauren. <laughs> wow, I didn't know I was all those things. You're, and more, <laughs> and more. <laughs> so today I wanted to, um, I wanted to talk about toxic people. Dun, 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 dun. dun. <laughs> That was really creepy. That was not planned. We both did that. <laughs> that was definitely not planned because it was pretty cheesy and we both did it. <laughs> yeah. I want to talk about toxic people because I think that uh, that's a thing, man. Have you had talk? I am asking this question as if I don't know. And if you listen to the podcast, you know, but toxic people in your life, you've had them. Yeah. I've had them. I mean, I think we all have, but some people are married to them. Mm. That, that was my situation. So I have a lot of experience. <laughs> yeah. Why, why are you laughing? <laughs> I'm not laughing. I am not laughing at all. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I've had a couple, a couple of people. I mean, mostly I'm, I feel really, really blessed mm. that I've had just a great life of lifelong friendships. My best friends are from first grade. I have a lot of positive people in my life and a lot of supportive people. So the toxic people have been few and far between that I actually have to like deal with. I mean, sometimes you might just meet one at like the DMV or something, but like actually have toxic people in your life day in and day out. Man, that's rough. That's rough. There is, there is life after toxic people. So we'll have to wrap up after that. Yeah. Okay. So we'll get to that. Let's first start with recognizing toxic people. For me, like I am, I'm very sensitive to people's energy. So I am like one of two ways. I'm either immediately like my skin crawls by somebody who's toxic. And I'm like, I got to get out of here. I cannot talk Mm -hmm. to you. Like immediately I'll be like, whoa, or I get sucked right in. And I'm like, I can help this person and I'll show them their worth. And I'm, uh, you know, I can do that. And I'm up for the challenge. And those are the ones that really kill me because I don't always recognize right away how toxic that relationship is. And I, and I want to say that like, I I've realized over the years as I do work on myself, that that is not about them at all. That's really about me coming in and going, Oh, I could save you. And I think, you know, and I can do this and I can do that. They've always been toxic. <laughs> you know, right. It's not like all of a sudden yeah. they became toxic. Somehow I got sucked into it though. How, do you find like that, you know, people off the bat that are toxic or do you like kind of have to navigate that? I don't. So, I mean, sometimes it's super obvious. Like the first thing out of their mouth is something negative or hateful. Like that's, that's an obvious like red flag, but yeah, the people that are more subtle with it and it's more of how they treat you it does take me a little bit longer. I'm very sensitive. Like you're sensitive to other people's energy. I'm like maybe just sensitive to like, like my my own feelings. Mm. And so that's kind of been my gauge recently is like, how does this person make me feel? Mm. Because they could be totally nice and not actually have done anything bad, but I feel like garbage when I'm around them. Mm, And so that's, that's kind of like how I've been navigating that lately. Mm. Like I don't want to be around somebody and maybe it's, maybe it's not even toxic people, right? Like maybe I'm jealous of them or something, or I'm like 
something about them makes me feel uncomfortable, even though it's not that they're being nasty or anything. Like I have to pay attention to how that person makes me feel. Like I don't want to spend time with people that make me feel bad mm-hmm. about myself, mm-hmm. even if it's indirect. So yeah, that, like that's the spectrum of talk. Toxicity, toxicity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that you, you know, part of me, like when you were saying that, part of me is like, well, Lauren, that doesn't make any sense because you could be missing out on good relationships because of your negative feelings. But the other mm-hmm. side of me says, but you know what? If you really love somebody or you're close to somebody, you have a connection with them, you wouldn't feel jealousy. You know, yeah. there be something else there. I think right. that makes that happen. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel a ton of jealousy. I just use that example of like. And we've talked about this before. Like my one example for that is not a real relationship, but it is Blake Lively's Instagram, (laughs) right? Like I don't feel good about myself when I'm looking at her Instagram, so I don't do it. And so I bring that into my everyday world. Like if somebody has something going on that, that makes me really uncomfortable. Yeah. And and you're probably right. Like there's some of it is just me, like issues I have to work through, but I feel also like I work on myself freaking constantly. That's how it feels. And like, sometimes I don't want to dive into a relationship because I don't have the energy to like, like you said, like fix them or fix me. It's just like, Oh, it's exhausting. (laughs) It is exhausting. Um, I I laugh because I, I can really relate to that, you know, and it's interesting when I got sick, certain relationships became very clear to me that they were toxic and I really had to pull away from because you really, especially when you're sick, you don't have time to deal with that. You know, you're just like, no, nah, this does not feel good. And I do not have time for things that don't feel good. Like I'm out. But I have to say, like I have found before that in my life that I do, it's like a little bit of like a, maybe it's even a little codependency, which we can maybe talk about one day, but uh, it's things that I'm learning about myself in that way that I like don't want to upset the toxic person, right? Like, well, I'll just stuff my feelings and say whatever you want, toxic person, because I don't want to upset them. You know, like that would be rude to take care of myself, you know, and not take care of them because I'm a selfless person and I want to give and I want to love. And, you know, I've started to really realize over the past, especially over the past year or so that I'm not doing myself or that toxic person really any favors, because if I'm not enjoying being around them, they can't possibly enjoy being around me, nor do they even really know me because I'm just kind of buckling to whatever the toxic person wants. Yeah, that's so true. You know, that's, but, but I still, we still find it hard to let go. Sometimes we still find it heartbreaking and and confusing and like, well, why do I have to take this person out of my life? Or how do I take this person out of my life? It's, it's, it's really a tough thing. It's like the human condition is such an interesting thing. It's like, you know, same thing. Like we know brownies aren't good for us, but man, I really want them, you know, or like those potato chips are not going to be good for me. You know, I'm, I'm on a diet and I'm trying to lose weight, but I really want those potato chips. Like why? you know, these are the things in the brain that just fascinate me. Like, why can't we just make a decision? Those aren't good for me. So I'm not going to eat them period. End of story. I think there's very few people that can do that. You know, so to say like, this person isn't good for me. I'm just done with this relationship. People have a hard time doing that. Yeah. Well, I also think it depends on the level of relationship. Like if it's Mm -hmm. a family member, Mm -hmm. that's a completely different minefield. Like I don't want to use any specific topics, but I have a yeah. How do I say that? There's a person in my life that I'm, <laughs> I want to say shackled to. That's not even the right word. <laughs> There's no elegant way to say this, but I do have somebody in my life that I can't separate from. And that's, mm-hmm. it's really hard because how do you protect yourself when you can't, you can't just cut a person out. Mm-hmm. Um, and how speaking of like, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, 
I don't know. This You're is still like, working on it. You're still working <laughs> on it. <laughs> still working on it. Yeah. But in like in, in my marriage, like that was one of the things that my ex-husband did. He would cut people out left and right. Mm. That was like his normal. Mm. Like if he, and he would constantly be like, that's a toxic person. And in the beginning, I, I believed him. This is part of like what happens when you're in a, in a relationship with a narcissist, right? They convince you that their way is the right way. Mm-hmm. So he would like come home from work and he'd be like, oh my God, this person. And I cut them out and like, I'll never speak to that person again. And in the beginning, I would be like, oh my gosh, honey, I'm so glad that you like, that you stood up for yourself and you got out of that situation and that relationship. Like, I'm so proud that you cut that toxic person out of your life. Mm. But then fast forward like eight years and it's like everybody, like he has no friends from like- Right, there's only one common denominator here. (laughs) Right. And then I'm like, oh man, so that like taught me a whole new lesson on like, what's a toxic person? Because everybody has a story, Mm -hmm. right? Like his version was completely believable. Mm -hmm. And then like after he left and I started like reconnecting with all these people, I was like, oh my God, that's Mm -hmm. not how it went down. That's not, so just like- it's complicated. Like you talk about like, should we eat the brownie or not? Like it's so much more complicated than I think we can understand truly. Yeah. And I think also there's different boundaries around different things, right? Like I can deal with a person who's maybe egotistical or brags or, you know, is a little loud or sarcastic, but if you lie to me, we're done. Like there's no like second chance. Like I'm done with you. Right. You know, for me, that's like a line of toxicity I can't handle because now I can never trust you again. Mm Mm-hmm you know, but I can, I can put up with some other things, you know, where somebody yeah. else might be the opposite. Well, whatever they, they don't tell the truth or whatever, but I can't stand how they are so sarcastic, you know? Right. Yeah. I have a, um, a family member also that finally I cut out of my life about, I need to think about this one second, maybe three years ago now. And it's hard because I have to say in a lot of ways, I believe my life is better without this person in it because there's less drama. There's no lying. There's no damage control. There's no holding my breath every time I need to deal with this person of like, what are they going to say? Are they going to embarrass me? Are they, you know, I'm inviting them over for family functions. Like, please don't talk to my, you know, family so you don't embarrass me, things like that. But there's still a part of me that feels guilt about it because they're part of my family. We're blood related, pretty closely blood related. And you know, I have events like my daughter's bat mitzvah or her graduation or whatever. And, and that person is no longer on my invite list, you know? And I just think, man, how, how is that even possible? Like, that's so sad, you know, like that. I still feel like a, um, a grief about it, even though my life is better without it. It's like such a strange concept. Yeah. So we have the same situation. We have the same family member. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. And so <laughs> It's because your family member is the same relation as mine. <laughs> Cause I know we've talked about this before of how similar the situations are. And yeah, after actually, after my divorce, when I really understood what abuse looks like, that's when I really put my foot down with that relationship. And I was like, I can't, I can't have this in my life. Like mm-hmm. I don't need people treating me like shit, mm-hmm. like period. So you're done. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what's interesting about that is like that kind of abuse, right? Like if somebody comes off and hits you, you're like, okay, I'm done with you. You hit me. Um, this is not, I'm not standing for this, right? For the most part, I'm not saying everybody does that, but I'm saying for the most part, it's a very black and white physical type of a thing. Right. But a lot of times these other abuses, like these emotional abuses, verbal abuses, whatever they might be is like a dripping faucet, right? Like it's just a drip. 
You don't really notice it. It's not such a big deal. But if you don't pay attention, all of a sudden you have a flood. And I think for me, when I cut this person out of my life, it was the flood. You know, it wasn't, it was like one little drip happened that maybe if you took it out of context, you'd be like, what are you reacting about like that? Like, that's crazy. But it was the drip that caused the flood, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I've been trying to really be aware of the drips and not the floods because I don't want to get to the point of the flood anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what happened in my marriage. Like I didn't see it. I didn't see those drips. And there's, that's the other thing about the human condition is we can almost adapt to anything. Mm. So that's how, that's how, that's how so many people like suddenly open their eyes and they're like, holy shit, I'm miserable. Mm-hmm. Like when did this happen? And it did, it happened slow. That's, that's the only way it works because same with physical abuse. Like if you went on a date with somebody and they hit you on the first date, of course you wouldn't stay, but that's not how it works. Yeah, It's more like date 50 or you already moved in together. And at that point, it's you're like, invested. you're invested and yeah, and they've already been kind of attaching themselves to your self-worth. And it's a, it's a whole thing of those drips. Like you said, like uh, identifying those, those red flags, I think. Yeah. Oof. And sometimes like, like in these fa- familial relationships, like we, you don't have a choice. Like that person is in your family now. And so it's like, how do you identify the drips and actually able, like, are you able to do something about it? When a lot of times, if it's that kind of relationship, you, you don't always have the options. I know we're both like, <sighs> yeah, it's, it's heavy. It's heavy. You know, it's also, it's also a matter of like, I know you don't, you don't deal with this because you don't have kids, but it's like, when you have kids, you're dealing with a lot of personalities and the moms and the dads and like, you know, your kid chooses like a best friend and you can't stand the mom or she can't stand you or, you know, whatever it, it's complicated, you know, like, all right, how do you keep the peace? How do you keep things civil? Um, you know, and, and not let things blow or, you know, handle people that are just toxic or, mm-hmm. you know, in those kinds of relationships when it's not your choice to be around somebody, you know, it might not be yeah. your choice to be there. Yeah. So you said something earlier when we were chatting before we were recording about like when you when you're in a situation where there's something that's been going on that may be toxic and you've recognized it and like how do you deal with that and you do get in this like pattern of reaction mm-hmm. right and so it's like this happens and this is how I react and like taking those moments to say like you know what that's how I've always reacted mm-hmm. now I have to find a different way to react like you were talking about that earlier and it was so powerful Yeah. That's really all you can do is control your own reactions to that toxic person. Yes. I was in a situation recently where somebody was like kind of riding me about something and, you know, we were like not seeing eye to eye on it. And, um, you know, this person, you know, said to me, you know, am I, am I annoying you? Like, are you annoyed with me right now? And I just like, and I was, but instead of just turning me like, yes, like back up, you're annoying me. I didn't really know how I wanted, I didn't, I knew if I handled it in that way, that it was going to be an explosion on both sides. And I just didn't think it was um, the right way to handle it. So I just turned and I just said, can I just think about it? And it was like, I'd never really done that before. It was an interesting reaction because you would, <laughs> you know, I know if I turned and said, yes, you're annoying me, it would have been like, well, you're annoying me and da, 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 you know? And so you like know what to expect, right? I said that I didn't know what to expect, but I can tell you the other person basically backed up and said, yeah, okay. Yeah. Get back to me on that. <laughs> you know, yeah. it was like, they were so taken off guard by like, 
wait, are we not fighting right now? Like, cause that's what we've always done or that's, right. that's what I'm used to or that. And it was like, it, it takes somebody off guard, which is not the point. The point is really to think about it and to react mm. very consciously and mindfulness right. with mindfulness and, you know, mindfully, is that the right word? And I just, I really didn't know at the time because I was so heated and so agitated that I, I don't, you know, for me to turn and just say, yeah, you're annoying me right now wasn't the point of the problem. You know, it was like the side effect of the problem. We weren't seeing eye to eye on something. And it was the something that we weren't dealing with the second that I say, oh, you're just annoying me, you know, because we're, right. you know, so yeah, I needed to think about it. And I like took myself out of the situation and it, it's like, this is going to be for me, like, I think a, hopefully a new normal of how to handle certain things to say, you know what, I really, to respect myself, I have to take myself out of this back and forth right now and think like, how do I really feel about this? am I over-exaggerating? Is this hitting me in a, in a place that hurts and I'm just reacting? You know, There's a difference, I guess, between responding and reacting. And, and I really want to be careful about how I do that. You know, you, you talk all the time, Lauren, about like growing yourself and, and getting, being better all the time. And like, for me, that's one of the areas that I really need to be better about. I'm a New Yorker. I react, you know, like you say something to me, I have an answer in two seconds. It's part of what people like about me, right? I'm feisty and I, and I have a response and I need to say, you know what, maybe that response isn't always the right answer. And I need to think about that more. So I'm not a toxic person. Yeah. That's, that's like such a good point. So in the relationship that I have with this family member, I got good advice once because this person is like pretty narcissistic and I don't like just throw that term around. Like the clinical definition of a narcissist, like when I use that word, that's what I'm using. And I got good advice from a friend who said like the best way to deal with a narcissist is to like not engage. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened when I stopped engaging. This person went nuts. Mm. Like when they couldn't control my reaction and my emotions and make me pull me into their drama. Like when I wasn't available to, to them to do that, like it made this person crazy mm-hmm. for like a long time. And then I just... Like I stood my ground. I didn't respond. I didn't open the messages. Like I just was like, I was pretty much done. And after like months, it totally petered out. And Mm -hmm. this person went on to find another person to be toxic with. And um, that was really, really good advice. Mm -hmm. But you know, like when, when someone wants to suck you into their drama, like if you give in and you battle with them or you even maybe not even like vocally, but like internally, you know, like when you're like, oh, I should have said this, or I should have done that. Or like you have these like imaginary arguments, like they're still winning, like they're still being toxic. Yeah. That's that talk. That's like, I don't like to feel that way. So I'm trying hard not to engage with those so that I, same with like internet arguments, like all of that stuff. Like I'm really in tune with like, how does this make me feel? And if Mm -hmm. it doesn't make me feel good, I'm not going to do it. I don't Mm -hmm. have time for that. So yeah, starving, starving a narcissist of attention is like, one of the best ways to deal with that level of toxicity. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning of the podcast, you said, correct me if I'm wrong about recovering from toxic people. And you said, well, let's get to that in the end. That's what you yeah. know, right? So what, what are some ways that you've recovered? Yeah, I think that kind of what I just spoke about is just like mm-hmm. being really clear with how I feel. Yeah. And like you said, taking those moments away to be like, how am I feeling right now? And then analyzing like, is this hurting my feelings because there's like some legitimacy to it or are they just being cruel? Mm -hmm. And also for me, really getting clear with who I am. 
Mm-hmm. And I know we've talked about this a lot because when you're in a relationship with an abuser, one of the tactics that they use is to strip you of your identity mm-hmm. and give you a new shitty one, mm-hmm. right? Like you're not good enough or you're lazy or you're fat or you're, you're all of these negative things. And that's how they keep you on the hook because then later they give you like a little, a little gumdrop of like mm-hmm. how you're actually great. And so you mm-hmm. think like, Oh, I did this. If I keep doing this, I'll be these things. And so you really lose your identity. And so I think toxic people do that as well. They make you, they, they take your identity, right? They make you into somebody that you're not and they put things on you. And so like, for me, recovering from that is like spending so much time figuring out who am I really? And I've done that by surrounding myself with people who actually love me and know me. Mm-hmm. And they can affirm it for me. Because mm-hmm. I still have moments where I'm like, oh my God, I'm a lazy piece of shit. And my cousin will be like, but are you? Mm-hmm. Like, let's talk about it. And I'll be like, well, and I actually have to talk through it because that was ingrained in me from seven, eight years of being in that relationship where he mm-hmm. constantly told me I was lazy. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like really getting clear on who you are helps a lot. And then toxic people can't really touch you. Mm, that's such a good point. Such a good point. And you're not lazy, by the way. I still feel like it though. That's what's crazy. It's been almost four years and I still struggle with that. Yeah. Cause I, like, you've done more than a lot of people that I know that don't consider themselves lazy. <laughs> I did. I did more before I was 25 than most people do in like three lifetimes. Like yeah. that's, what's so crazy about it. Like he was successful in making me believe that. Yeah. Like that's, it's bonkers. It's bonkers what abuse can do. Yeah. And you know, I think that one of the, um, one of the things I want to say, and I mean, this isn't really, um, this is a topic of toxic people, not technically abuse, but I know, I know it crosses paths. But so what I want to say is because I feel like we don't, you know, maybe we could do like something with an expert one day on abuse or something. But the one thing I do want to say about abuse is that it's very hard to recognize at times because the abuser doesn't even really realize they're doing it. And so I have always, that's something I learned as I got older. And I always would think like, well, didn't you know, like, why didn't you get out of that relationship? Like, what were you thinking? Like, you know, but again, it's the drips, it's the drips out of the faucet and it's little manipulations and it's, um, very undetectable at times. And it's not like these people wake up and go, I'm going to make Lauren feel like a lazy piece of shit today. It's just their own insecurities or whatever it might be that it puts them in. They believe it too, you know, in a way. So you know, if anybody finds themselves in that type of situation, you know, to just make sure that you're seeking help and that, um, you get real about it is really the point of me saying that is, you know, cause I don't want people to feel that they're just sort of like, we just talked about it and they're left alone to their own devices. You know, there are people out there that can help you recognize it and help you get out of situations if you're in it. And maybe we'll look for an expert on that and we'll do it. Yeah. And next. just know that you can't, you can recover from it. And like, especially with toxic people, like it doesn't have to be that way. Mm. You so can true. build a life. Yeah. Like you can build a life where you're just surrounded by people that support you. Like that's possible. And yeah. it's one relationship at a time. Yeah. And you have decisions. You have decisions. Yeah. You're free to make decisions. And that's something also yeah. that I'm really learning. You're free to make decisions. You're free to do what you need to do for you. Well said. All right. Let's open a shine card, shall we? Okay. Yes. Oh, this is a good one because it involves stars, which I'm super excited about. Okay, reach high for stars lie hidden in your soul. And the woman who wrote this is Pamela Vall Star. Her last name is Star, which is amazing. <laughs> I want that name. I just changed Read that one again. Again, Star. 
reach high for stars lie hidden in your soul. Oh, I like it. Did I ever tell you about the time I, I saw when I got sick, somebody gifted me um, a session with, I, um, I don't know what she is, not a clairvoyant, but like a you know spiritual reader or whatever. I don't know. It was done over the phone. And she just kept saying to me, all I see is stars. I see stars. There's stars in you. There's stars on you. There's stars around you. And I have like a star obsession. And I was like, mm-hmm. yes, I know. <laughs> There's stars everywhere. <laughs> so now the stars come back. All right. Thank you so much for joining me, Lauren. Where can everybody find you? Ride my road. and on all my socials. Uh, And if you want to find us on Instagram, we're at Shamelessly Feminine. We also have a Facebook group called Shamelessly Feminine that we would love for you to join. And if you want to see some of my personal work and my ramblings, you can check me out on Instagram at at Jen Rosenbaum. If you love this podcast, please share it with somebody that you think will love it also. And please make sure you give us a five-star rating and you subscribe. We will love you forever for it. And uh, we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast. If you loved what you heard, be sure to leave a rating and review on iTunes so that more women can learn to live a badass life. To learn more about this movement, go to shamelesslyfeminine.com and join our Shamelessly Feminine Facebook group. Until next time, go out there and be the boss of your life.